Welcome to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. No politics, no drama, no argument. Just two guys talking sports. I'm your host, JJ Peters. Today on the podcast, we'll talk about Westbrook and Wall have been traded, recap of the Ravens versus Steelers, MLB free agent tracker, and much more. All right, it's that time for the poll question. You can vote on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And the question was, who won the Westbrook and Wall trade? Well, the results are in, and again, it's currently tied at 50-50. Thank you for voting, and you can also, or you can once again vote on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Well, it's official. Anthony Davis is staying with the Lakers. Davis officially signed a five-year, $190 million Supermax deal to stay with the LA, or stay with LA. Davis was instrumental in helping the Lakers win their 17th championship and first since 2010. Davis was traded to L.A. last offseason from the Pelicans for a massive overhaul. Davis is considered one of the best big men in the game, and many fans thought he should have gotten finals over MVP over James. Davis is 27 years old and is a top five player in the league. AD will hope to get a second straight championship with L.A. next season. Josh Gordon is back. The NFL has reinstated the former All-Pro wide receiver. He'll be allowed to start testing on Wednesday, December 9th. He'll be permitted to join the team in meetings and workouts, but not practices and games. Josh Gordon will be allowed to participate in the last two weeks of the season with the Seahawks. Gordon will arrive just in time before the postseason begins. Gordon has now played for the Browns, Patriots, and Seahawks. Josh Gordon has been suspended six times with the NFL for violating the league's performance-enhancing substance policy and substance of abuse. He also was suspended in 2018 for violating the terms of his reinstatement. Last season, Gordon played for the Seahawks after being waived by the Patriots. Josh Gordon was drafted by the Browns in the 2012 Supplemental Draft. He immediately made an impact with the team and had 1,646 receiving yards on eight catches and nine touchdowns in 2013. However, he was suspended in 2015 that lasted two seasons. Gordon played 12 games in 2017 for 335 yards and one touchdown. In 2018, he was traded to the Patriots and played 17 games for New England. He eventually was put on the injured reserve and eventually waived by New England. Seattle picked him up on waivers and played he played 10 games with the Seahawks. He eventually re-signed with the Seahawks on a one-year deal. Detroit Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay is still a game-time decision for this week's game versus the Bears. Galladay has not played since November 1st versus the Indianapolis Colts, which he left in the first half with a hip injury. Galladay missed the last two, last two games, including a Thanksgiving game versus the Houston Texans. Galladay, the Lions' best receiver and, more of the top, and one of the top young players in the National Football League. He is Matt Stafford's number one target, and if Detroit wants to get back their winning ways, they need Kenny Galladay on the field. After testing positive on Thanksgiving Day, Lamar Jackson will finish his 10-day quarantine this Sunday. Jackson missed the game versus Steelers, in which the Ravens lost 19-14. Coach John Harbaugh still has not given any answer to whether or not Jackson will play this Tuesday versus the Cowboys. The Ravens have now lost three straight and desperately need their best player on the field. Jackson wants to get back on the field and will be rearing, roar, roaring sorry, to go once he returns. Players such as Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Clayus Campbell, and Patrick McCarthy will be off the COVID-19 reserve will be off the COVID-19 reserve later this week. Backup quarterback RG3 played in played in absence for Lamar Jackson, but injured his hamstring in the fourth quarter, which led to third string quarterback Trace McSorley sorely finishing the game for Baltimore. Still no word on if RG3 will be ready to go versus the Cowboys this Tuesday. Some bad news for Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Outside linebacker Bud Dupree has done for the season with a torn ACL. The former Kentucky product was having his best season before tearing his ACL. Dupree injured his knee in the third quarter on a non-contact play in the win versus the Ravens. 
The former 2016 first-round pick was on a franchise tag this season and had eight sacks for the year. The news was first reported by the NFL Network. Before we dive into some more awesome sports topics, I'd like to tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard anything about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Can't go wrong with that. And guess what? There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's not all, though. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It keeps on getting better, though. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let's get back to the show. The first day of the OHL Classic took place on Thursday, December 3rd. The event was played at the El Camilion Golf Club in Mexico. Russell Knox led at the end of round one at 600 par. Joaquin Neiman, Emiliano Grigio, Tom Hodge, Victor Hofflin, Tony Finau, Brandon Todd, Carlos Ortiz, Aaron Wise, Nate Lashley, Michael Glidgick, and Akshay Badia rounded the top 10 at the OHL Classic. Other big names like Ricky Fowler finished one under par and tied for 35th place. Henry Higgs is three under par and tied for 13th. Former PGA champion Jason Duffner shot a 69. And another PGA champion, Keegan Bradley, is at two under par and tied for 20th. Well, my first question is, who looked promising in round one? Well, Ricky Fowler really started to struggle early, but came on on fire on the back down. He shot a 36 on the front and or ended up shooting a 34 in the back. So a great comeback for Ricky Fowler. Um, Joaquin Neiman has had a great, had a great season last year. He's coming up strong. The young Victor Hofflin, he's been, he was great last season. Uh, this season, he's starting to do it again. We haven't seen much of Emiliano Grigio, but it's good to see he's started well. Um, but right now, look, the most promising, man, I would probably say Victor Hofflin. He's a great golfer. He's very young. Um, I think he finished second or third place at PJ tour for the PJ tour rookie of the year. Um, the former Oklahoma state product, he's got a very, long and bright future ahead of him. So I think he looked the most promising after round one. Uh, can Russell Knox keep it up? I think he can, but again, it's very hard to have a lead all four rounds unless you're Tiger Woods at a golf tournament. So I don't think he ends up winning, but I do think he can stay around that top 10. Again, I don't think he's going to win it because again, I mean, I guess there's not really any big golfers or like huge names, but I would probably say he doesn't end up winning because again, it's so hard to, have the lead all four rounds. I mean, I don't think anybody's done it for a very long time. So I don't think, I think he can keep it up. I just don't think he can have the lead. I think he can kind of flirt around, but again, I, I just don't think he's going to win. But again, I think he finishes somewhere in the top 10. Um, And predictions for who wins the OHL Classic. Oh man, you know what? I'm going to go with my boy, Victor Hofflin. Um, again, he had a great season last year. He's very promising. Um, he seems like he's in a lot of tournaments. He's always in contention the first few days, and then he kind of struggles that last round. But I think Victor Hoffman right now wins, and I'm going to predict he shoots probably 14 or 15 under par and wins the tournament. It seems like this is going to be pretty high, so maybe I'm going too low, but I think he ends up winning at 15 under par. And I think Russell Knox finishes somewhere in the top 10. I think Ricky Fowler finally gets back on track and finishes in the top five. And um, I like Tony Finau as well. He's a nice player. I think he finishes anywhere from second and third. The MLB free agency is getting a little hotter. Some big names are now free agents, and some more teams have added more depth. In a few weeks, we will definitely see some of the top names get picked up. 
but here are all the names so far that have either signed or re-signed somewhere else. The New York Yankees are going to tender Gary, San- Gary Sanchez's contract. Sanchez was a two-time All-Star, hit 34 homers, and batted 232 in 2019. Wednesday was the final day that teams could offer tender contracts to their players. In 2020, Sanchez's batting average was down to 147 and only had one hit in the playoffs last season. Sanchez has been with the Yankees since his rookie year in 2015. Outfielder Kyle Schwarber has officially became a free agent. The Chicago Cubs have decided to non-tender the former first-round pick. Schwarber was a huge help to the Cubs when they won their World Series in 2016 for the first time in over 100 years. Last season, Schwarber had 11 homers, 188 batting average, and a 0.2 war. The Tampa Bay Rays have offered right-handed pitcher Tyler Glass now, along with six other players, as new contract. Some other players that were offered contracts by Tampa are G-Man Choi, Joey Wendell, Manuel, Margot, and Jose Alvado. Glass now pitched for the Rays in the World Series and was 0-2 in the Fall Classic. The Houston Astros have offered shortstop Carlos Correa a contract. Correa was average in the regular season but came alive in the postseason. He was a huge help to Houston in their run to the ALCS. The former All-Star had a 264 batting average, 5 homers, 53 hits, and a 1.5 war. The former Rookie of the Year and World Series champion stats in the postseason were a 362 batting average, 6 homers, 17 RBIs, and a 1.221 OPS. The World Series champions have acquired another All-Star. This time, it's former Brewers right-handed pitcher Corey Knable. According to Alden Gonzalez of ESPN, the Dodgers will send a player or cast considerations down the road. Knable was great in 2017, but since then, he has struggled. The former Brewer has had Tommy John surgery and tore his ulnar collateral ligament in 2019. He tried to work his way back in 2020, but couldn't find his 2017 season. In 2020, he had a 6.08 ERA and pitched in 15 games. The year 2020 in the NFL continues to be strange. For just the second time since 2012, the NFL hosted a Wednesday football game. The, the Ravens, t- uh, the Cowboys took on the Giants back in 2012 to start the season off. The Steelers and Ravens was originally scheduled for Thanksgiving night, but then was moved to Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and finally to Wednesday because of multiple players for the Baltimore Ravens testing positive for COVID-19. The Pittsburgh Steelers took on their bitter rival, the 6-4 and four Ravens, who are without quarterback Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, running backs Mark Angerman, and J.K. Dobbins, and much more. The game wasn't pretty, but somehow Pittsburgh squeaked out another victory. The Steelers hold on, held on to beat the Ravens 19-14. Many, like myself, believe the Steelers could be the worst 11-0 team in NFL history. Give, cur- uh, give credit to Baltimore. They hung on and almost beat the unbeatable Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben threw for 266 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Benny Snell had 60 yards on 18 carries, and Eric Ebron, despite some drops, had 54 yards receiving with seven interceptions. Trax McSorley came in the fourth quarter to replace an RG- injured RG3 and threw 77 yards and a touchdown pass to Marquise Hollywood Brown. RG3 led the team in rushing with 68 yards. Marquise Hollywood Brown had one of his best games this season with 85 yards and one touchdown. However, the big story of the day was that it was late in the first half. The Ravens were driving and inside the Steelers' one-yard line and couldn't get in as RG3's pastor Luke Wilson was incomplete to end the first half, keeping Pittsburgh's lead at 12-7. But a controversial play was the Steelers not being flagged for a delay of game after holding the Ravens' ball carrier from getting up and using the clock. Baltimore did not have any timeouts, so they couldn't get up, and the clock continued to run. 
Can Pittsburgh go 16-0? I don't think they can. I also don't think the Jets are going 0-16. I think the Jets will somehow find a way to win one or two games. But the Steelers are probably going to lose because they do have a pretty enough schedule. And I think in two weeks, they play the Buffalo Bills, which are definitely not a slouch. And it's in Buffalo in prime time. I think that's where the Steelers are going to fall. I think they end up losing two games at least. But I still think they, well, it's going to be interesting because the Kansas City Chiefs are really good. And they only have one loss. I really wish the Steelers and Chiefs played this year. But I do think the Chiefs are better because they've proved it more. And I mean, as a Steelers team, you can't struggle with a team that pretty much has all their backups. in. I mean, that just was not a good look for Pittsburgh. Yes, not a lot of people were watching the game because they were at work, but I was watching it and it was a great game. The Ravens should have won the game, but the Steelers hold on and win. I understand that you would rather win ugly than win than lose pretty, but it's it's just not a good look for you to almost lose to a backup team. Uh, but I don't think they, I think they go at least, I think they at least lose two games. Um, can the Ravens even make the playoffs right now? Well, it is crazy because the Ravens last year went 14-2 and and were unstoppable. And teams, people thought they could go 16-0 again. Well, they're 6-5, and and they're currently one game out of the playoffs. But they do have a very favorable schedule. They do play Cleveland in about two weeks. But after that, it's pretty easy, smooth sailing. They ended up beating the Indianapolis Colts and the Cleveland Browns. Um, I believe the uh, – I'm trying to think who is this. I know the Browns – oh, I think the Browns. Dolphins and are not the Dolphins, the Browns, Colts, and I can't remember that seven seed, but I, the Ravens beat the Colts and the Browns. So the Ravens kind of are in good position. If they just win every game, they can still make the fifth seed. It's going to be very hard for them. Now. I think the Steelers pretty much just need one more game to clinch that division or maybe two more, but the Ravens aren't going to win the AFC North this year, but I think they still make the playoffs because they have a very favorable schedule. And plus they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Lamar Jackson, which I think he will be ready for the game against the Cowboys. Um, who is the better team in the AFC, the Chiefs or Steelers? Well, I already said it. The Chiefs are better. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is excellent. He's going to get his second MVP. I just don't know if anybody can beat the Chiefs, at least in the AFC. It doesn't even seem like the NFC can beat them. Um, but we did see a few weeks ago the Chiefs can lose because they almost lost to the Carolina Panthers at home. Um, they can be exposed, but it's very hard. I mean, they somewhat struggled with the Chiefs or the Jets in the first half. But again, the Chiefs are so good. I just don't know if anybody can beat him. I mean, Tyra Kill is the fastest ever. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end right now. And that defense is, doesn't give get a lot of credit, but that defense is very good, led by Chris Jones and um, a few other guys. But, I mean, that Chiefs team is good. I think they're better than the Pittsburgh Steelers, hands down. College basketball week two. Games on Tuesday and Wednesday. The top team in college hoop, Gonzaga, held on to beat West Virginia. And Texas defeats UNC 69-67. Kansas beat Kentucky 65-62, and for the first time under John Calipari, the Wildcats have started the season 1-2. Baylor beat Illinois 82-69, led by Adam Flegler, who scored 18 points to lead the way for the Bears. Well, some big upsets. Well, I don't know if this is an upset, but technically Michigan State beat Duke. We talked about that on on Wednesday's podcast. And of course, as we all know, Kentucky started the season 1-2. Now, they didn't get upset because Kansas was ranked 7th, but unbelievably under John Calipari, the number or Kentucky started one and two. It's the first time, or it's one of the worst starts for John Calipari. Now last year they started struggled a little bit too, because they lost to Evansville and early in the season. So maybe Kentucky's not what they used to be. And maybe they won't be that good this year, but I do believe they'll make the tournament, but maybe it's start. It's time to start panicking for Kentucky. And then of course, 17th ranked Kentucky, Kentucky upset the 14th ranked, uh, Tar Heels. That was a big upset. I didn't think Texas was that good, but maybe they are better than we are saying. And again, not a lot of people are talking about Texas, but they are ranked and 
Shaka Smart's doing an excellent job this year for the Longhorns. Um, some other questions too. How good is Luca Garza? Luca Garza is the real deal. Um, when you score what 24, 25 points in the first half, that's pretty incredible. Now there's some other good guys, Cade Cunningham, uh, Jared Butler, um, uh, Jalen Suggs. They're all good basketball players, but man, it's going to be hard for anybody to get the college basketball player of the year when Luca Garza, who should have probably left after his junior year, decides not to. And it looks like it's actually was a good idea. So I think right now, Luca Garza is still the best player in college basketball. Again, guys like Cade Cunningham, Jared Butler, uh, Remy Martin, um, uh, Jalen Suggs, they're all good basketball players. But man, I don't know if there's anybody as good as Luca Garza. Breaking news in the basketball world. The Washington Wizards and Houston Rockets have agreed on a trade. First reported by ESPN senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski, the Wizards have agreed to trade John Wall and a 2023 first-round pick to the Rockets for Russell Westbrook. This is the first big trade move by new general manager Raphael Stone, who took over for Daryl Morey, who resigned and took the Sixers' job later. The Rockets' main priority of the offseason was to acquire more draft picks, and they have acquired three this offseason. Last season, Westbrook was traded from OKC to Houston to join his former buddy and teammate James Harden. However, during the season, Westbrook was unhappy with Houston and wanted to take control of the offense more. With him now being traded to the Wizards, he can finally be the floor general and handle the ball most of the time. He'll be paired up with All-NBA shooting guard Bradley Beal. Last season, he signed a one-year extension with the Wizards, but is a free agent in 2021 if he declines the player option. Multiple rumors are saying that he will likely leave Washington if they don't go far in the playoffs or even make it to the playoffs this season. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, Houston at the moment has no plans to train James Harden, who right now wants to be in Brooklyn playing with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. There have been multiple rumors that say Rockets will try will keep James Harden when the season begins. Well, who wins this trade? Now, I gave you guys the question on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on the poll question, and you guys were split. But I think now this is this is very tough. But I think I think the Wizards won this trade. Yes, they gave they got they gave up John Wall in a 2023 first round pick for Russell Westbrook, but they still have Bradley Beal. Russell Westbrook's a great point guard. I don't know exactly if Westbrook is the best teammate in the world, but I mean, you got a top point guard in Westbrook. You still got Bradley Beal. Um, of course, Westbrook will, will be reunited with his former coach, Scott Brooks, who took the Thunder the NBA Finals in 2012 when, when the Thunder had Westbrook and Kevin Durant and James Harden and Serge Ibaka and all those good players. But I mean, and they, they did have to give up a first round pick for him, but now they get to get rid of John Wall, who hasn't played since what, 2018. Um, Wall's been a battle or has been, have uh, dealing with multiple injuries. So yes, they gave up a little bit, but I think this is a win for the wizards and uh, it could be a win-win for both teams. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think the, uh, the wizards won this trade because they get rid of John wall and they add a better point guard. They did have to give a first round pick, but Russell Westbrook is a little more healthier than John wall. Uh, will the Rockets trade James Harden now? I don't think they do. I don't think they have pl- any plans to uh, James Harden. I mean, I don't think he can sit out, but uh, I think even if James Harden is unhappy, the Rockets have no plans to it because, I mean, they traded so much for guys like Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul. And even when they acquired Dwight Howard, I mean, the Rockets have done everything for James Harden. And now he's not happy with the team. So, I mean, I don't think the Rockets should or want to right now. And it can be, it'll be interesting to see how James Harden handles this because he's been pretty quiet in the offseason. Uh, all the rumors have been mostly saying that he's going to Brooklyn, but if he even gets traded to Brooklyn, I think he would. I think he has a better chance of getting traded to Philly than to Brooklyn. But um, I don't think the Rockets do trade James Harden at least till the trade deadline.
are the Rockets rebuilding? No, because they just acquired John Wall, who, when healthy, is a top five point guard or an elite point guard. Uh, they still have James Harden again. That team is still pretty decent. Um, I just don't know if they're going to try a small ball. I don't think they're going to try that anymore because it didn't work. Uh, they, I guess they could try it one more year, but I just don't see the Rockets trying a, a small ball again, especially when they don't have Russell Westbrook. Uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook is a nice uh, nice duo. It's a nice front court, but... Um, or not front court. It's a nice back court, but I don't think uh, I I don't think the Rockets are trying to rebuild, especially when they acquired uh, John Wall and they got a first round pick out of it too. So and they've got some more first round picks this year. So again, John Wall, uh, or John Wall, Russell, or John Wall and James Harden is a great back court. Um, so I, I don't think the Rockets are rebuilding. Uh, how well does Russell Westbrook? How long? How well does Russell Westbrook and John Wall do with their new teams? Well, I think both of them do well um it's just it's very interesting because i don't know which team is going to go farther because yes the wizards play in the eastern conference and they'll probably have a better record i think especially if james harden is unhappy in houston but man this is this is a very tough question to be honest with you i think russell westbrook does a little better than john wall does and again is john wall healthy is the question if he is healthy the rockets got a got a got a great deal and they got a first round pick out of the deal but I think Russell Westbrook is going to play better. Um, now, questions are, is Russell Westbrook, he's been dealing with multiple injuries now. Um, can he stay healthy? But I think I think the Wizard, I think John, Russell Westbrook is going to have the slight edge over John Wall with how well he does with his teams, with the new teams. And last but not least, is Bradley Beal going to stay in Washington next season? It just depends on how well, how far they go. I feel like Bradley Beal just signed the extension last season just because I think he just said, you know what, let's try this one more time. Um, I could see him declining his player option and then signing a like a super max with the Wizards um, because he's very good. He's he's very underrated. I think, in my opinion, he's the second best shooting guard in the NBA, only behind James Harden. I think he's better than Klay Thompson. I think he's better. Well, yeah, I think he's the second best shooting guard. Very underrated player. It just depends on how far. If Washington gets to the second round, I could see him staying. Um, I've been hearing rumors that Milwaukee has shown interest. Golden State has shown interest. Even the Clippers have shown interest. Uh, the Lakers, before they signed Anthony Davis and LeBron to those uh, max extensions, and um, they had some interest in Bradley Beal. So Bradley Beal will definitely have a market for him, but it just depends on how far they go. In my opinion, when you add Russell Westbrook and you're in the Eastern Conference, um, the Eastern Conference will be better next year because with how good the Nets are going to be because Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are fully healthy. Um, you can't forget about Milwaukee. Toronto is always that team that's solid. Uh, Boston seems like they're always pretty good. Uh, I can't forget about Miami. They went all the way to the NBA championship last year. It seems like it seems like we always forget about the Heat. And that was my bad. The Heat are very good. I could see the Heat making to the finals again. Um, but again, it just depends on how far they go. And I think if they get to the second round, he stays with the Wizards. Thanks for listening to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, leave a like, and rate. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sports Town Podcast.